Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. And just like that, we are back. It is season three of the Stuff We Love Podcast. Good evening, everyone. I am Scott, one of your hosts for the evening, and I am joined tonight by another Scott. Hello, Scott. Hey, Scott. <laughs> you know, it's uh, good to be back on the Stuff We Love Podcast. This is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to and participate in. And, you know, here we are deep into the fall season. So time to bundle up and put on a sweater and have some cup of coffee and enjoy the episode. I totally agree with you. It's great to have you on. You're always a great guest and look forward to our discussion tonight. And we are also joined by our good friend, Dan. Dan, how are you this evening? Doing well, Scott. Thank you for uh, having me back. It's always a pleasure to be on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dan, for being here. Uh, guys, when you were last on together with me in season two, we did a 1960s playlist episode and I heard great feedback from our listeners. It was one of the top rated shows of the season. So I thought that to kick off our new season here on the podcast, we would do another music playlist episode. And since we are recording this in October on the 13th, nonetheless, Scott, like you pointed out before we uh, started recording tonight, we're going to be doing a Halloween playlist episode. And uh, the idea of it is kind of similar to the 60s playlist in the sense that the three of us are each going to give a few songs to be added to the playlist, whether it's five, six, seven, we'll see as the evening progresses. But we're going to be putting naming, naming songs, I should say, that we would put on a Halloween themed playlist. And uh, the one, well, I should say really there are two caveats to this. The first is that there are two songs which are, we can't add them. They are banned from being added by us to the playlist because they are already added by the, whoever by puts together. <laughs> What's that? By default, right? By, by default, default, yeah. By default. One of those songs is Thriller by Michael Jackson for obvious Halloween reasons. And the other is Monster Mash by Bobby Barr's Pickett, right? Am I saying that right? Is that the, yep. uh, that is I was correct. very proud of myself because my wife and I were driving in the car the other day and somehow that song came up and I was able to recall the singer by memory. And she said, how do you know that? And I said, oh, you don't know me that well as you think you do. <laughs> but um, anyhow, uh, those are on there by default because they are such Halloween classics. And then also another rule for the playlist tonight, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but we are not putting on any scores, so uh, portions of a score from a Halloween type movie, right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, there? so like yeah. I think of like the Exorcist theme or like the Halloween theme, you know, right. obviously those are like super Halloween, you know, songs, but we're talking more like, like radio songs or, you know, recorded by artists that weren't like composers basically. Exactly, exactly. So those are the guidelines for tonight. And uh, as we go through the songs, we'll identify them, talk about who the artist was, and to basically say why we are putting those songs on our playlist. So, uh, gentlemen, are you ready to begin? Before, actually, before we get going, let me do a check-in. How are you guys doing? It's October. It's been a few weeks since we recorded uh, here on the podcast, a couple months since I was with you guys. What's going on? Um, I'll, I'll kick it off. I've, uh, I've been enjoying the sports. Like This has been a crazy couple of months for sports because you have you had all four major sports plus soccer, like going all at one time. So like, it was kind of overwhelming sometimes because you had like last Sunday night, you had the, you know, games, was it game five or game six? I think it was game six of the finals. And then you had football going on. The ALCS was starting. It was, it was just an unbelievable time. And yeah, so I've just been really loving the sports and the golf. I've been enjoying golf a lot too, this lately. Very good. And uh, obviously, we love Disney here. And props to Walt Disney World for the successful bubble. 
for the NBA. It's really amazing. No positive cases to come out of the bubble, which is remarkable. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, that was truly remarkable. Dan, how about you? I'm doing all right, hanging in. I've you know been back at work, uh, you know, pretty much full time uh, with a, a hybrid schedule. So we're, we've got half the kids in the school um, for half the week, the other half the other part of the week, and uh, teaching the the kids at home virtually um, at the same time as the kids in the classroom. So it's a it's a challenge, um, but we're getting through it and um, just taking everything day by day. I've uh, been enjoying the sports as well, as much as, uh, as, as we can being, you know, being a Giants fan, it's a little <laughs> bit hard to enjoy uh, the football yes. season thus far. If you yeah. think the Giants are bad and you think, well, maybe look, I'll root for the Jets. They're a local team too. The, the, <laughs> the record is the, the Jets same. are, I think the Jets are actually worse. Jets are possibly. worse. As we record this tonight, breaking news, the Jets released Le'Veon Bell. So I just got a news alert about that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, right. So. I'm a big, I live in the central of Michigan. So Michigan State University is right there. Le'Veon Bell with the Michigan State. And yeah, I was, I was just going to chime in. Like my Lions aren't much better. So <laughs> at least you guys have some Super Bowls or some playoff wins. The Lions have one playoff win in my lifetime. That, you know, that is true. And I, that, I hear that stat occasionally. And every time I hear it, it kind of just knocks me back. It's pretty yeah. shocking. It's really shocking. Barry Sanders, like the greatest running back of all time, in my opinion. And then and we had some good teams in the nineties with him and we only came out with the one playoff win. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm. Well, on that note, let's get going tonight on the show. Uh, you know, it's interesting guys, because this year with everything going on in the world, Halloween's not going to be normal. It's not going to be what we're used to. But with that being said, there are still certain, at least for me, traditions that I am following. I'm watching the horror movies. I'm watching horror TV shows, and I love listening to Halloween-themed music. It brings me a lot of joy and happiness. So I'm really excited to get this Halloween episode going tonight. You, you choose. Who do you want to start off tonight? You, I will defer to you guys. Dan, you're a teacher. You're a hero right now, so I'm going to defer to you. You, you get to start. <laughs> I get to start? Yeah, you're a hero, so I'm, I'm doing that. Oh, well, well, well. Scott, you're a hero too, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think Dan's more of a hero than me, for yes. sure. All right. Um, I guess so I'll... I'll start off then. <laughs> um, so the, the first song that I chose uh, for my uh, Halloween playlist is uh, Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon. Good choice. It was on my list. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's, that's why we made backups, right? That's yeah, why we that's why backups. we had back, backups. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a fun song. Um, you know, uh, Warren Zevon was known for kind of his dark humor. And uh, definitely the song is, uh, um, you know, full of that, uh, makes references to, you know, Lon Chaney Jr., who famously <laughs> portrayed uh, the werewolf in the wolf, a uh, werewolf in the Wolfman movie, universal uh, horror film. Um, and there's just some, it, it's, it's just got some great, uh, great lyrics in it. Uh, I particularly like, uh, I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. His hair was perfect. His I don't hair know. was perfect. That's like my favorite line of the song. I just love it's, it. It's the best line in the song. Uh, so definitely it's a, it's a classic song. It's a fun song. And um, if you're making a, a Halloween party playlist, I, I think it's it, it needs to be on that list. Also has repetitive howling in there, which is perfect for a, a uh, Halloween yes, song. Yes, repetitive howling. Do you know what he was singing about? Do you know what it means? Um, you know, I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what the song means that's a good that's a good question i mean it's yeah. just kind of 
Um, bunch of jumbo lyrics. I mean, yeah, I had I have no idea. I'm sure there's some deep meaning to it. I'm for sure, but I've never been able to. I've never been able to pick it up. And just to comment, I I think it's just a great fun song. Yeah. I was kind of bummed when Ken Rock kind of sampled it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah many years right. later, I was really disappointed in that. But um, right. But I just love the song. It's a. I always think of Halloween and fall when I hear it for sure. So good. it's a great song for this time of year. Yeah. It definitely is. And, and a cool, cool tidbit about that song. It's got the Fleetwood Mac rhythm section. So that's uh, uh, Mick Fleetwood and uh, John McVie on bass and drums on that. I had no idea. So, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty, pretty cool little trivia about that song. Speaking of Fleetwood Mac, have you guys watched the Dreams Challenge videos that are making the rounds? Have you seen this thing? No, I haven't. Mm. You don't okay. I'll make a long story short. Then there is a guy. I think he's from California, but I'm not sure. He was on a. He recorded himself on a skateboard, drinking a bottle of something from Ocean Spray, maybe been Cran Raspberry, while the song "Dreams" by Fleetwood Mac plays in the background, and he's drinking from this, and then he starts lip syncing to the lyrics. It just creates a whole vibe, I guess, and that has spurned now the Dreams Challenge, where people will do their own recordings. Um, and it's become, uh, if you go on Instagram or Twitter, type in Dreams Challenge, you'll see it. My favorite one is a guy on a motorcycle, um, on a skateboard with a pumpkin head, pumpkin sweater, <laughs> and he's drinking a pumpkin spice and he just throws the whole thing on his face. It's very good. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Guys. like a, a Stuff We Love podcast challenge. Like have people send their videos to the Twitter feed, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. We break the internet. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dan, great choice to start off uh, the discussion here. I love that. Uh, Scott, let's turn it over to you. Yeah, I thought that was a great choice. It was on my list too. Um, so I just crossed that one off. And man, I'm not going to have as much like trivia as Dan does. I love how it just came out with that trivia. But um, when you when we were kind of talking about the idea for the podcast, which I thought was a great idea, Scott, there is one song that like instantly came to my mind. I kind of sent you guys a gif of like the artist and that's uh, Season, Season of the Witch by Donovan. Like, yeah. When I think of yep. like Halloween songs, like I instantly draw to that one. Like it's from 1968, six, no, 66. I wrote down, I wrote down the year. So I'm continuing with the 1960s theme from the last sure. episode. But um, I just, when that song just comes on the radio, you hear that bass line, doom, doom, it's like nice and chill. Um, kind of like a psychedelic era song. Donovan's a great artist. Love the lyrics. It's just, um, it always puts me in that Halloween theme when I hear it. What do you guys think of the song? Dan? I, I love Caesar. Don't care for it, Scott. No, oh no, I do. I do. I just wanted to <laughs> the front of Dan for a second. It, it, it's one of my it's one of my favorite uh, Donovan songs, um, and and again, it, it, I, I agree with Scott one hundred percent. It's definitely one of the songs I start listening to around this time because it puts me in the Halloween mood as well. Yeah, um, Scott, when you uh, mentioned that song tonight, the first thing I thought of was a couple of months ago when the Fest for Beatles fans held their virtual convention because it wasn't in person. Donovan recorded an appearance. I think he's in Ireland now. That's where he lives. Mm -hmm. And he looked amazing. He had long gray hair. It was, I mean, hippie long times two. It was crazy. Uh, but he sounded great. He played a couple of songs. He talked about Beatles stuff on there because obviously he was friends with the Beatles yeah. and with them in India in uh, 1968. Mm -hmm. um, so that's actually what I thought of. But I do love that song choice. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I've been listening to Halloween songs, but I haven't listened to that song that much this season. So one of the things I'm going to do 
is go and listen to Season of the Witch because it is a good good song. Well, and it's I interesting about Donovan for me too. So like a lot of my 1960s music comes from my father, you know, my dad just always listening to it. Yeah. And I kind of had to find Donovan on my own. Like he only would play like Sunshine Superman or Around Me or no whatever. But like then I started digging into his catalog a little bit on my own when I got older and I was like, oh man, he's got a lot of other great hits on yeah. here. So mm-hmm. um, just, that's, this was one that has always was attracted to me as a, as a child. And I was like, this great song. song. Dan, what do you got, Scott? Dan, I'm, I'm sorry, Scott, go ahead. What do you got up next? Okay. I was going to say, Dan, I know you're a big Donovan fan too. We've talked about oh, that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, looking at the list, I am going to start with a great Halloween song, Bad Moon Rising by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, and nice. uh, this song, I, I looked it up before we started recording tonight, reached number two on the Hot 100 in June of 1969. So another 60 song for us. And one of the reasons I chose this was because it's associated with lots of horror movies and TV shows, most famously in American Werewolf in London, where it's the uh, theme song to the movie. And when you listen to the lyrics, it paints the picture of a horror scene. The moon is rising. The future is dangerous. It's not just a werewolf song, although it is, but it's a song that bad stuff could be coming, spooky and scary stuff. I read on Wikipedia, and I'm going to believe it's true for the sake of our discussion, (laughs) that... John Fogarty was inspired to write that song when he uh, was monitoring a hurricane that was coming ashore. Either he was watching the news reports and learning about it. So he said that he wanted the song to kind of be like the apocalypse coming in, which it is. And of course, we all love that towards the end of the song where we have trouble understanding the lyrics where he goes, <laughs> there's a bathroom on the right, right? So he he yeah. messes up. And in concert, he'll purposely mess up the lyrics some of the times, which is uh, really funny. Uh, Dan, I just had a memory of seeing John Fogarty with you in concert years ago, by the way. Just came. To yeah, me. yeah. With uh, Willie Nelson, I think, opened. Willie Nelson and special guest Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. But um, anyhow, uh, that's my first choice tonight. Uh, guys, what do you think of the song? I think it's a good song. Um, definitely fits with the theme here. I run, I mean, strangely enough for me, like I always think of the movie, The Big Chill, when I hear this song, yeah, like which right. is not a scary movie by any means. <laughs> There's with a great music where, though, a movie um, with great music. Yeah, yes. so there's a scene where I think like Kevin Klein is like playing the drums like on his Jeep or his steering wheel, but they had no idea like what song was going to play in that scene. So he's just playing to nothing basically. And then they ended up subbing in the in Bad Mood Rising for that right. scene. So, but, right, uh, yeah, awesome that's song. funny. Dan? Oh, Bad Moon Rising is, is a classic. It's one of those great Creedence songs. Um, I mean, they put out so much uh, great stuff just in 1969 alone. Yeah. Um, you had three albums in 69. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Bad Moon Rising is uh, a great tune. Um, one of the first that I, I think I, I, I learned to play on guitar, actually, mm-hmm. when I was uh, learning to play. So it's, uh, it's a fun song to play. Easy song to remember, too. Uh, but definitely a great Halloween song. By the way, guys, as we're recording this, there's a fly flying around my head. I feel like Mike Pence at <laughs> the debate. <laughs> to say that's not a political statement it's just it's true (laughs) it's just a fact um anyhow uh dan when you said you learned that was one of the first songs you learned to play guitar so it does have a great guitar intro too and a a solo uh in the song it's a perfect guitar song so uh uh, dan what's your next choice this evening uh my next choice this evening um i am going to have to um go with um somebody's watching me by uh rockwell yes Nice. Um, I mean the, I mean the music video uh, uh, alone is pretty. Uh, basically, is I think what mainly makes you 
think of Halloween when you hear the song because um, it's got all these uh, strange people and like monster masks and whatnot. Um, and I think, you know, the song itself, like verse wise, um, the whole song is the Michael Jackson uh, vocal in the in, in the chorus. You know, right. and uh, Michael Jackson just coming off Thriller um, all over the radio at the time. Um, but uh, it made the song popular, made the video popular. And, and I feel like it's it's become sort of a, a Halloween staple in a way. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, uh, one of the things about that song that stands out to me is that every time Michael Jackson's voice kicks in, where he goes, I always feel like... It's so perfect. That that mid-80s Michael Jackson voice was perfection. It was just mm -hmm. so amazing. And it really stands out on that song. And I think Rockwell may have been Barry Gordy's son-in-law. Son. -in -law. son. Oh, his son. son. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I didn't know his son. I thought it was son-in-law. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Scott, what do you think about uh somebody's watching me? Yeah, I can't add much more to what you guys said. Like what, how and Scott, you actually sung that very well. <laughs> like that <laughs> Michael Jackson comes in with like it is it is so 80s, you know, it is so Michael Jackson. It's just a good upbeat, you know. I mean, it's got like that dance vibe too, you know, and pop vibe. And uh, I think yeah. it's a great Halloween song. Definitely. I wonder if I brought our listeners to tears <laughs> with my voice. It's like a movie or a TV show where somebody starts singing and they don't realize, like Susan Boyle, where like she has this amazing voice that changes the world, right? But uh, no, it's a great track. I love that song. It's really, really good. And it's a great, uh, it's a Halloween standard, I think. So it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Scott, how about you? So with my next one, you actually can't sing any of it, Scott, because it's an instrumental. Um, I mean, you can hum some of the, some of the riffs and such, but uh <laughs> I'm going with uh, with the Edgar Winter Group. I'm going with Frankenstein. Wow, uh, great that choice was on my list as well. Yeah, uh, we keep stealing each other, huh, Dan? <laughs> yep, we do. Uh, that was one that came straight to mind as well. Um, I just love that that interest, like do do do, like that. I love that simple little drum fill to kick it off. Yeah. Uh, have you guys ever like seen the video? Like I mean, Edgar Winter is just like all over the place, like <laughs> like he's like doing like the synthesizers, and you see him like playing the drums, like they kind of like showcase him like on all the instruments basically in the music video yeah but um you can't hear that riff like dun 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 dun, dun without thinking of like halloween for me i don't know why um totally. probably the song is just titled frankenstein that's why you like you know tie it to halloween but um it's an awesome catchy riff it's just a great like 70s song i'm trying to think of the year it was uh 73 actually when 73 it came out. okay i'm actually left the 60s for once scott and i guess <laughs> a different decade but um, what do you guys think of Frankenstein? Obviously, you had it on your list there, Dan. So oh yeah, I, I mean it's, uh, it's uh, one of the earliest songs I remember uh, hearing. My father was a really big uh, Edgar Winter, Johnny Winter fan, so uh, played the albums a lot. Um, and I remember just hearing that song and uh, and loving the riff and um, trying to figure out, you know, why it was called Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> but I think the name comes from it's it's kind of pieces of different things that they were he was working on that he just kind of strung together um so kind of like built it from different parts like like uh, frankenstein's monster but um we actually got to see him play it live scott i think when we went when yes. we saw him with the all-star band with ringo absolutely and and like the video he was kind of all over the stage uh when he was playing it live yes because he had that, that moment yeah he had that um that piano the, the keyboard that was basically like strapped around his neck and was kind of running around from place to place. It was pretty, pretty incredible. Um, yeah. 
but a great musician, Edgar Winter, and great song, great Halloween song. So I'm curious about like how they did it live, if you if you remember, because I know there's like a there's like a radio edit, then like the album track was almost like way longer. I don't know if it was like double in length, so I'm, I can imagine like doing that live if it like just kind of goes into a jam session. I bet you know like where they it was long. Play. I remember Dan. It was very yeah. long. Well, because yeah, that whole that whole uh, middle synthesizer section. I mean, he actually did that with the with the synths he had on stage. Um, but they basically did the whole the whole track, um, like the album cut of it, not the not the edited yeah. single cut. So it was it was pretty cool. That's I awesome. got a question. I, I'm embarrassed to even ask this question, but was Edgar Winter in the group Foghat? No, I don't believe so. Because I, so. I have yeah. a memory, Dan, when we saw that Ringo All Star Band concert of him singing "Free Run." Um, oh, this is embarrassing. This is a oh, so you. So you're thinking, yeah, the Edgar Winter Group has a song called Free Ride. You're thinking right. Slow Ride. Slow Ride. Right. Did he right. say he sang Free Ride? Oh, so Free Ride was Edgar Winter Group. Slow Ride was Foghat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Unbelievable, Dan. And I bet there's probably some kind of tie there. Like with all these all-star bands, I'm sure some of those guys ended up totally. playing together at some point. But. Totally. Wow. Well, that was a great choice, Scott. I'm a fan of that song. And when I, I, my, when I thought of right away was that memory of seeing Edgar Winther and just thinking what a musical genius he was. His oh, yeah. versatility mm -hmm. on the instruments was just beyond human, almost like McCartney-esque how he could play a gazillion instruments, which is really awesome. So yeah. that's a great choice. So uh, my next selection for the playlist is a song by the group, The Cure. And the song is called Lullaby. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this song. Are you, do you know this yeah, track? That, well, it was a, that was on my list, Scott. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's good. Great. Great. The three of us. I mean, these are great minds. We're all uh, having the similar ideas. Uh, I actually first heard this song. Maybe it was last Halloween, 2019, when listening to one of the streaming services where it was Halloween radio and this song came on and I loved it from the moment I heard it. I kind of like goth rock sounds and this certainly falls into that category. And one of the things that struck with me were the lyrics of the song, which are very horror movie-esque. He talks about a character known as the Spider-Man, and it's going to be eating him for dinner. I'm not making that up. That's what the lyrics are actually about. And when you watch the music video, it's actually a frightening music video. Uh, the song reached number five in the UK charts, and uh, it's not clear what the true meaning of the song is. Some people uh, say that it may include drug references, um, and it was featured in American Horror Story, one of the seasons. So there's a, obviously a very direct horror connection right there. And I just Love the song. It's become a Halloween staple for me. Uh, Dan, since you mentioned it was on your playlist, why did you uh, put it on there as well? Well, um, the lyric, you know, the lyrics. Um, one of the things I love about the song is kind of the uh, dichotomy between the lyrics and the um, and the and the music. The the music is is kind of got a nice. It, you can kind of dance to it. It's got a nice groove, right? You know, um, but the, the the lyrics are are nightmarish. You know, he's describing. Uh, basically being eaten alive by a gigantic spider creature uh, to this uh, really grooving uh, musical background. Um, so I just love the the dichotomy of that. Um, you know, the, these, these um, horror lyrics with this uh, kind of groovy backing track. Um, and it's just a great song. And the video too uh, uh, goes very well with the, with, with the song. And it's, it's a, a spooky video as well. It is very catchy um, song too. Melodically, very, very catchy strong. song. Yeah, and I've I've always been into the into the Cure. Uh, love the Cure, and um, 
just they got some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Scott, yeah, how about you? Cure definitely has a great some great songs. I actually did like a deep dive into them not that long ago. So like I'll do like sometimes I'll just like pick a random artist. I'll go like alphabetically sometimes. So I went A, B, I got to the C, and this might have been several months ago. I did a deep dive into the cure where I just wow. pull up like all their albums, you know, try to listen to each track like on runs and walks. And um yeah, I you find some hidden gems when you do that sometimes. And um, for sure, you know, the cure was when I did that for I I remember the track, this track for sure is I added to like my cure playlist basically. Uh, and there's not much more I can add to you guys, except like I do the video definitely uh, speaks volumes too. And that's one thing that like impacts me on some of my song choices we'll hear later uh, in the episode, but like sometimes the video, like you get that visual of like how the artist saw the song. And, Absolutely. Like, that will definitely make it more Halloween sometimes for you. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question just to take a, a two minute break from the Halloween topic. Scott, you just mentioned something interesting to me, which is that you recently went on this deep dive into the cure. I was curious if you guys have looked at Rolling Stone's updated list of the 500 greatest albums of all time and decided that there may be albums on there that you didn't listen to or didn't give a lot of thought to before that you're now kind of taking a deep dive into. Have you done that? I haven't looked at it yet. Um, I have to have to take another yeah. look at the new updated uh, updated list. I think that it. I think I looked at like the top fifty. Like I just kind of skimmed through it really quick. The <laughs> we're all Beatle fans here, so I was just curious, like where like the Beatle albums like s- still stood. Basically, is what I was. Yeah. What's going on by Marvin Gaye was number one on the on this list. Mm-hmm. It's a great album. I mean, there's there's nothing bad I can say about that album. It really is tremendous. I don't know if it would be my number one. Pet Sounds by Beach Boys was number two, which probably would have been my number one, but. It's, you know, it's all good stuff. It's all good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I went through that conversation, list. Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And and I went through the list and kind of said, oh, I don't know this album or I haven't heard this in a long time. And I added it on Apple Music and I'm kind of taking a deep dive into some of those albums. I listened to a Blondie album the other day, which was very good. Very good stuff. Oh, maybe we'll hear some Blondie from you later on this episode. Huh? No, <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> I haven't I haven't gone that deep into the collection yet. Where I, I, I could choose. But um Dan, how about you? I think you're up next. Um, so my next choice is uh, going to stay in the 80s. Um, and it's uh, Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo. I don't know this song. This is good. I don't know, I don't know this one. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it's um, so it was featured in a not at all Halloween movie. Uh, <laughs> so it was featured in, notes, um, yeah, in, back to, in Back to School. The Rodney oh, I love Back to film. School. <laughs> yeah, they are uh, the band that's playing in the um, in the dorm party that he has midway through, yeah. and they're actually playing this song. Um, and uh, for people not familiar with Oingo Boingo, it was uh, Danny Elfman's band before oh, he right. got into uh, scoring films. And um, they also did uh, a Weird Science as well, was another one of their 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 songs um from the era but uh it's uh it's a cool tune um and definitely uh you know halloween in spirit um talking about a a party where uh you leave your body and your soul at the door um so it's 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 definitely for me it's one of those songs that make me think of halloween and uh danny elfman uh you know being in the band you can imagine it's got some some quirky uh oh, yeah. quirky lyrics and uh, quirky music so 
that's, that's awesome cool. that's why i like these episodes like i just learned a new song here that i'm definitely going to check out uh i'm going for a walk after we record tonight and that's gonna be the first thing i fire up is dead man's tale <laughs> that's awesome great choice um not much I can add to because I'm not familiar with the song, but I'm also, but I am familiar like Scott with the movie back to school, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which awesome. is funny because it's like a Halloween theme and that movie is not like, not a Halloween movie. <laughs> not a, a Halloween theme. But uh, when you mentioned it was Danny Elfman's band that, band that rang a bell because on Disney plus, I guess it was prop culture. Did you guys watch that series? Didn't they do a nightmare before Christmas episode? They may have. I, I honestly like. I watched the first couple episodes, and then I, I it's something I need to pick back back up. Yeah, again. I think Danny Elfman was well featured in one of those. Mm-hmm. Great choice, though, Dan. I love it. Thank um, you, Scott. How about you? Um, so I'm gonna go dark here, and this is actually a, a twofer. Okay. Because uh, when I listened to this album, um, well, they're back to back tracks on the record, and you really. Like you really have to combine them into into one song, basically. So I'm going to 19. Um, 1973, Alice Cooper, um, his Welcome to My Nightmare album, and I'm oh, going yeah. with Devil's Food slash uh, Black Widow as my next as my next track. Are you guys familiar with that one? I I've heard of them, but I'm not. I can't play them in my head. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm in, um, I'm in the same boat. I've I've listened to the album. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's been a while. So 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 what really gets me is actually like the like what connects these two tracks basically. And it's um, it's Vincent Price. So he does like the voice in at the end of Thriller. Um, I think you all are familiar with that. So he does it, and this is actually before Thriller. He was a great voice actor. He's just got a creepy voice, basically. Oh, yeah. And he does this great thing where he's like, uh, you know, he's at this museum and he's like taking these these kids over to the next exhibit, which is a Black Widow, and he talks about how dangerous this the spider is and how it can kill you and how poisonous it is. And he just like keeps getting more and more excited as he starts talking about it. It, it just gives you goosebumps. It is so chilling. And then it goes into this big riff and cuts into the next song, which is black widow. Um, awesome. It, it is, it is super awesome. You got to listen to both tracks together for sure. Um, but um, it, 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 I think as a song, I like black widow better, but the the devil's food has like the, the voice montage. I was just talking about it, which, um, which I kind of like better. Great. But, um, and, Definitely a very dark Halloween type song. And um, I highly recommend you guys adding it to your, to your playlist when you're listening to Halloween songs this, this fall. Awesome. Great choices. Dan, uh, like you, you weren't familiar with those tracks. I, it's not ringing a bell right. for you, but yeah, that's why we love this episode. I love exactly. this pot, these type of episodes, music discovery. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, and it's great, by the way, just to sign out, you know, like there's so many great ways to discover new songs, whether it's be from listening to podcasts or just being on one of the streaming services and letting a random playlist or radio station go. That's what, that's a way I've discovered a lot of songs and artists I never would have heard of before, which is, which is awesome. Um, to, uh, that went, uh, that went a little off course. <laughs> just, I had an emotional moment on the show there thinking about oh, my love oh, of music. That's good. I, but, I, I um, agree with you though. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Uh, for my next track, we're going to go to Broadway. Okay, so that's definitely an unexpected turn. I'm going to mention a song that I, I feel gets no love in the world of Halloween playlists, and it's very upsetting to me. The song is from the great horror musical Sweeney Todd, and it is the song called My Friends. And uh, I don't know if you guys know the song My Friends from the show, but the uh, idea of it is that Sweeney Todd is getting ready to embark on his uh, period of violence where he's going to 
basically kill a lot of people in the barber's chair. And he opens up a case containing his razor blades that he had used for many years. Those are his friends. And in the lyrics of, first of all, the melody of the song is quite haunting. It's scary. Uh, that's credit to Stephen Sondheim who wrote the music. And uh, I guess Sondheim wrote the lyrics too, right? For uh, music and lyrics. For I, be I, be I believe he did for that yeah. one. Yes. And uh, the lyrics talk about what he's going to do with his friends. And uh, for example, one of the lines is rubies, you'll soon drip rubies. And, you know, of course, rubies is a, another word for blood. So it's quite frightening, quite, quite dramatic. And it ends on this loud orchestral push, which is really something else. And I happen to love the Johnny Depp version from the Tim Burton movie uh, of Sweeney Todd. I really like that. And also the Broadway versions that have been released have been really good. So for the first time in Stuff We Love podcast music history, we bring Broadway into our discussion. Broadway it. and Alice Cooper. It's a great combo. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of Sweeney Todd? Have you seen it? Uh, do you like it? Do you not like it? I honestly have not seen it, Scott. So yeah. I, this is, you, I know you just had your moment uh, <laughs> on the podcast here and I'm having it again here too. Like, yeah. You know, this is what this show is all about, really. Like the stuff we love. We're talking about, you know, these playlists. We love these songs, and it's a way for, you know, listeners and you know guests of the show to like find um find new interest. And I I wrote that one down, and that's I'm listening to that one tonight too. Like I'm gonna look for it. Um, yeah, that's it's a great exciting. track. Yeah, it's that's great. awesome. Dan, well, how about which you? One do you prefer then? Do you like the Broadway or the Johnny Depp version? You said there's, you know, both of them are good, but do you have a preference? No question about it. I prefer the Johnny Depp version. And I think it's because, uh, you know, there's been a couple of Broadway versions of Sweeney Todd that have been released over the years and they're all good. But quite frankly, when the Sweeney Todd film was released with Johnny Depp, it was better recording technology. Mm -hmm. The sound quality is a little better. And I think that works well on an album like that, where so much of it is dramatic orchestrations. And Johnny Depp's vocal performance on the track is really good. It's actually him singing. So that would be my, that is my go-to version of the song. And that's where I would recommend anyone uh, start with the track. Um, I love that movie too. That was, uh, that, that was a really good film. Um, I actually had the chance when that film came out to go to an event in New York uh, where they showed clips of the movie. And I met Tim Burton backstage. Uh, which was a real thrill because he's my favorite director, even even yeah. maybe more than Spielberg. Spielberg is uh, up there for me, but Tim Burton, I love, you know, horror type stuff. And he's, that's a memory. Uh, that's a nice memory to have, uh, which is cool. But again, another tangent, I apologize. Um, Dan, uh, Sweeney Todd, I know you're a Broadway fan. Uh, what do you think of uh, Sweeney Todd? Um, I like Sweeney Todd. Um, it's always, I mean, I was introduced to it because it's uh one of my uncle's uh, favorite shows and um, he's done a lot of community theater and he's actually been in it about three times. Um, so I've gotten to see it um, twice uh, out of the three times that, that, that he's been in it. Um, always like the, the, the story and the premise of it. Um, it's a shame that it's not as well known as uh, some of the other shows, even with, I feel like even with the Johnny Depp film, um, there's still people that aren't um, aware of it or, you know, don't really know it as well. Um, but I think it's because it's it's not one of Sondheim's most, um, uh, you know, one of 
the easier song, easier shows for people to get into. Some of the music is uh, um, a little jarring and, uh, you know, it's it's not as accessible as some of the other classic musicals, but it's it's a great, great show and uh, wish more people um, knew of it. Yeah. It's a good thing to watch Halloween season for sure. Um, yeah. I'll mention one other thing about Sweeney Todd. If you guys watch the TV show, The Office, one of the best episodes is towards the latter half, half of the series. Um, there's a, actually a community theater production of Sweeney Todd, which stars one of the, the main cast members. And he has his fellow cast members show up to the office and do a number from the show. And some of the people in the office actually think it's a real attack by uh, people mm -hmm. intent on doing harm. And the, when they go to see the performance at the theater, it's just hilariously funny. It's just a great episode. It's uh, I, I, I love The Office. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And there's a great Sweeney Todd episode there. That's great. But um, I will do a couple more songs for each if you guys are up for it tonight. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess, Dan, are you up next? Is that? Uh... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think. Good. Yeah. Um, so my, my next choice, I'm going uh, Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper. Great. feel Great like you choice. couldn't have a, uh, a Halloween uh, mix without uh, that track. And, um, you know, it's just a uh, classic, uh, you know, classic 70s rock track. And again, kind of dark, you know, just talking about death and death being a part of life and, you know, not to fear it because that's what's in store for all of us and um, classic guitar riff. Um, and of course, you know, one of the greatest uh, cowbell parts ever recorded <laughs> on a rock song. Absolutely. Um, so uh, don't fear the Reaper is my next choice. Dan, do you know I actually had that on the list too, Dan. Yeah. Um, yep. So nice, excellent choice indeed. Um, what's funny for me, like for my memory of this song, actually, I don't even go to, I mean, obviously Saturday Night Live, you kind of think of that and the cowbell, but uh, um, I actually think of The Stand by Stephen King. Like, so like in his first chapter, he actually, Stephen King, like will reference a lot of songs and lyrics in his, in his books. He's a big like classic rock guy, which we all are too. And um, so he, he puts like some lyric passages from um, don't fear the reaper at the start of that novel. And like, if you ever watched the TV series they did years ago in the nineties, um, the, the movie starts off with the, with the, with this song. So I always go to that, which is a very dark, <laughs> dark movie. Um, um, but yeah, great song um, during that little, I love that guitar solo in the middle. And then like, when it comes out of it, they just hold that guitar note for like the next verse. Like it's something I always like, kind of listen for. It's like the longest guitar note in history, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but um, it's just a great track. Great Halloween song. Do you guys know offhand what year that song came out out of curiosity? I do. I, cause I had it on my list. 1976. 1976. Okay. And Scott, I know what you're talking about with that note. It's a great part of the song where kind of that note lingers and then the rest of the song kick, kicks back in. Um, were they a band known for horror theme type music? I'm not familiar with a lot of their work outside of that song. Not really. Um, another song that jumps out to me is called City on Flames with rock and roll. Like that's a really like nice, nice heavy rock and roll song, kind of upbeat. Um, uh, oh, what's, what's my favorite one? It's a, it's a popular song. It's escaping me. Uh, well, the the other uh, their other big one was burning for you. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah, burning. Yeah, yeah, which is a great one. Great song. Um, 
the only one, the only other time they come close to like a horror movie kind of thing uh, would be the the song Godzilla. Oh yeah, um, which has got a, got a killer guitar riff mm-hmm. um, in it. Very cool, very cool. That's uh, those are great. I'm not surprised that you two gentlemen chose that song. It's a great, great Halloween track. Um, Scott, what do you have next on the list tonight? So mine goes to remember I was teasing about like a, a music video that just could mess with you. And this video like scared the hell out of me <laughs> as a kid. It's um it's from 19 uh, 1968. And I'm not sure if you guys know this, you might you guys are huge music buffs, even more than me, but it's a song called Fire by the Crazy World of Arthur Brown. Arthur Brown. Yep. <laughs> Dan knows it. That's amazing. Yep. Um, and then the video, like the, Arthur Brown's like head is on fire, basically. <laughs> like, and it's like very dark. It's got this organ, like doo 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 doo. Like it has like these dark tones. It's upbeat. Um, and I, I just, I always associate that one with Halloween, just because of I just still have the visual of the guy's head on fire in this black and white video, basically. Wow. Um, it's it's like your typical 1960s song where it's like two and a half minutes. It's a quick song, but um, you know, like verse chorus, verse chorus, basically, but um, it, it's, it's a good track. I, I really enjoy it. And it, it, it's scary for me. <laughs> I love that choice, Scott. It's unexpected. And uh, a follow-up question is Dan, how did you know that song? How did you, uh, how did you become aware of that? Oh, the crazy world of Arthur Brown um, through my, uh, I guess, extensive, um, just digging into uh, music of the sixties and seventies. And um, I, I first encountered uh, the name Arthur Brown um, reading something about how um, Carl Palmer from Emerson Lake and Palmer started out playing drums in one incarnation of uh, the crazy world of Arthur Brown. Um, and that he was kind of like this, uh, this forefather of shock rock. Like there wouldn't be uh you know, like a Marilyn Manson without Arthur Brown. Uh, so I went and checked him out. And uh, yeah, he, he was pretty, I mean, for his time in 68, he was he was pretty out there. And I mm-hmm. saw the same video that, that Scott saw where, yeah, his head is literally on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts off with him like screaming. So Scott, when you go to play, I see you're taking notes. Like don't have the volume like at full blast when you start the song because he just starts off like screaming in your ear. <laughs> I, I, that is good to know. It's frightening, man. Yeah. The, the opening is him screaming about how he's the uh, the god of hellfire. And he brings you fire. Fire. <laughs> uh, and uh, actually, uh, for Marilyn Manson actually sampled that portion for yeah, he, uh, That's right. Lunchbox. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of his song, Lunchbox, there's a sample of Arthur Brown in there. So, Wow. Unbel- I have nothing to say, except this is great. <laughs> this is a great episode. Um, awesome choice. Oh, that's really tremendous. Um, I'll mention one more song from me tonight. If you guys want to mention one other as well. And then what I'll do is I'll just give a mention to what some of our listeners wrote. I, I put on Twitter that people should write in okay. with their own Halloween songs and I'll share with you what, uh, some of our uh, listeners mentioned. Uh, I, I added a song, which I think is brand new. It may have come out last year or this year. The name of the song is vampire and it's by an artist named Dominic Fike. I hope I'm saying that right. It's either Fikey or Fike. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's really a pop song. It's a dance track. Uh, it's very fast paced. It's melodic. It's catchy. And um, when I heard the song and I listened to the lyrics, I mean, there are specific references to vampires and bloodsuckers. And so you get the horror imagery and the lyrics. I think what the 
lyrics are really about maybe uh, maybe the Los Angeles uh, uh, social scene and pressures for I think the vampires are sort of um, I should know my uh, what, what's the uh, term that we're like a syn- not synonym or uh, where you metaphor 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man uh, this is this is a low point in my educational uh, <laughs> but uh, the vampire lyrics are a metaphor for um, the way some people take advantage of others in society and uh, social climb and so forth. So um, that's why I chose this. Uh, I chose the song because I like, I happen to like it and the vampire lyrics, but I think it also is a much more meaningful song beyond what the lyrics would suggest. And that's why I chose this track. I heard it on Sirius XM may have been on Alt nation or one of the newer stations. Uh, it's a good track. So that's vampire by Dominic Fike. Do you guys yeah, know? I'm going to check that one out, Scott. I, I don't have much more input. Uh, yeah. I may have heard it before. Like when you were saying it, it sounded familiar, but I just, I couldn't, I can't picture it here. I can't hear it in my head right now. So I'm going to definitely yeah. look it up. It's a, it's a good track. Uh, Dan, are you familiar with the song? I'm not, but I'm definitely going to, going to check it out. Cool. Yeah. Check it out. Let me know what you guys think of this song. And uh, why don't you guys each give, if it's okay with you, one other uh, track from your uh, playlist, Dan. Sounds good. Um, so I'm going actually with a, a, a newer song as well for my last uh, last choice. Um, and it's by the uh, the Swedish group Ghost. Um, and it's called Dance Macabre. Uh, it came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a pretty, I mean, the music is pretty catchy. It kind of harkens back to like a, um, almost like a 1980s um, kind of queen sound almost. Um, with lyrics about the black pa- black plague, mm-hmm. so it's a uh, it's catchy, uh, but also uh, uh, scary as well. And uh, it's a great to me. It's a great newer um, song to include on any uh, any Halloween um, playlist. Great, great choice, Dan. I, I'll have to listen to that song because I'm not familiar with it. Uh, one question, because the three of us spend so much time listening to oldies and classic rock. I'm always curious when we listen to a newer artist. How, how did you? first become familiar with that song um so there was a, a guy that i work with who um is really into music and we were talking and he he asked me if um if i had he said he had just gotten really into into ghost and if i'd listened to them and i'd seen them um and just the you know the whole i don't know if you if if you've seen them but they kind of have uh this whole kind of performance art thing going where um the lead singer is dressed as kind of like this demonic pope and then the background uh the the backing band they're all um what are called nameless ghouls so they're in masks and like robes so you don't know their identity and actually uh, there's a rumor that dave Grohl actually sat in and played with them at wow. some point um so like seeing them and you know you know me scott it's not something that i would normally like be drawn to like i'm gonna check that out but um, he was ra- raving about them. He's like, no, you know, you see them. It's not like there's their music isn't like what you're thinking. You got to check out some of their songs. So uh, I got curious and I went and I checked them out. And um, this was the first song that I listened to. And I was like, wow, it's actually, you know, it's actually pretty good. The, the, the vocals are good. The music is good. Like, you know, this is a pretty decent song. Um, so that's how I found them. Great. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Um, Scott, how about you? Um, I'm going to choose one that I know that we all know. I'm going to go back to the 60s. And ironically, 
Um, this band, I think, only has like four songs really that anyone knows, and they were in my last countdown that we did for the 60s playlist. So, ironically, the classic four has made it again, and I'm going with Spooky. <laughs> oh, nice. That's a great song. That's a great track. Um, I mean, it's just a simple like 1960 song. You know, everyone knows the song Spooky, basically. So sure. I don't have to go in too depth into it. I think you two mentioned last time that you had like a mutual friend whose father like played with the Classic Four, I think maybe. So I don't know if they're on Spooky yeah. or not. But. Uh, we, went to, we went to high school with someone whose father uh, played saxophone on um, a number of the, the Classic Four yeah. uh, songs. Spooky was one of them. Yeah, I think, I think that's super and, neat. Yeah. yeah, Stormy, I think, was the third. Yeah. Right. But the, um, I think the Lanner Rhythm section ended up covering this later, like in the 70s, but I definitely prefer mm-hmm. uh, the Classic Four version. Um, just, it's a great Halloween track. It's a great song. It's, it's got a real 60s feel to it as well, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome tracks, guys. I really, uh, I, I enjoyed this immensely. I, I learned some new songs I was not familiar with, and um, this was really awesome. So I, I thank you guys for joining me again on this episode. I love doing these playlist episodes because I learn a lot and I hope you guys learn a lot and our listeners learn a lot too. So it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. What, um, what kind of listener question or not questions, but answers did you get? Yeah. That's I am awesome. going to uh, tell you guys what our, our listeners have written in and said. Here we go. First one is from Erin. Okay. She said, it's real silly. But the name of the song is Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. That's the name of the track. <laughs> she said it's spooky scary. Um, and apparently Donald Glover, otherwise known as Childish Gambino, uh, co-wrote it with Tracy Morgan. So wow. this is a Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. I do not know this song. And um, I don't think you guys either, based on your reaction. <laughs> nope. Uh, no, I... Never heard Werewolf Bar Mitzvah before. I would love to see the video of this song, too. <laughs> so would I. I, I will be, be interesting. Uh, so then we heard from Eric, who gave us a whole list here. Okay. I'm just going to read right through it, by the way. The opening track is amazing because I love this movie growing up. I don't know. I don't know if you guys ever watched this on HBO, The Worst Witch. Do you know that movie? It was a. Yeah, I, I remember that Tim Curry was in that. Tim Curry, and the name of the song was Anything Can Happen on Halloween, which I specifically remember. He does this whole performance of the track. It's really awesome. Dead Man's Party, Oingo Boingo. How about that? Mm-hmm. Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. Ghostbusters. Scary Monsters by David Bowie. Time Warp from Rocky mm-hmm. Horror Picture Show. This is Halloween. That was actually one of them on my list, which was I was going to consider mentioning. Werewolves of London. Dan's first choice from the uh, discussion tonight. People are strange by the doors. Oh, that's a good one from the lost boys as well. That was featured in uh, cycle killer talking heads. Great track. <laughs> nice. And then we heard from Julie, who's been a guest on the podcast. And uh, this reminds me, I, uh, I'll reach out to you, Julie. Love to have you back on the show. Um, the theme to young Frankenstein. How about that? That's interesting. Uh, she mentioned monster mash classic science fiction, double feature from Rocky horror. Mm-hmm. Scream by Michael Jackson. Interesting. Uh, most people would think Thriller or the vocal on Somebody's Watching Me. She went to the song Scream, which is a great choice. She also mentioned Thriller by Michael Jackson. Here's a track, two tracks I don't know, by Voltaire. One is called When You're Evil. The other is called Brains. Do you guys know those? Don't know either of no. those. Interesting. And then uh, we go into the world of Disney. And this is a great way for us to end the Musical discussion tonight. We have Grim Grin and Ghosts from The Haunted Mansion. 
by the way, I'll mention to our listeners, because I'm looking at Dan and Scott on Zoom. Dan was drinking from a Haunted Mansion mug tonight, which was really awesome. We were all having some mm-hmm. coffee and soda here tonight. Uh, and this this was a great choice by Julie. Yo-ho, A Pirate's Life for Me from Pirates of the Caribbean. And when I saw that song listed, I thought to myself, well, that doesn't strike me right away as a horror song, but in a way it is because that ride is a, it's a scary ride. Um, so I, I think that's awesome. So uh, uh, guys, what's your reaction to this? This is, these are great choices. These are better than ours, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, should have, we should have the listeners on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are some great choices. I love the Disney ones. I thought about doing Grim Grinning Ghost myself. Yeah. Um, and Scott, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually going to be at uh, Disney on Halloween this year. So. I did not know this, uh, but knowing that makes me very happy. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you about it. I'd love to have you on again to tell us about your experience. And uh, Absolutely. wow. So I was there last Halloween as well. Um, the experience is going to be um, a lot different this year, but it's still It's going to be different. You know, one of the things I miss I, by this point in the year, I either would have gone to already or been going to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party and Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios Orlando. And to I not know, have I this, this is like your favorite time of year, Scott. Yeah. So I know yeah. it's, uh... it's rough. Let's just uh, let's get to 2021 where hopefully better times are ahead. That's yeah. uh, you, want, you want to hear something really sad, Scott? I was yes. supposed to be coming back from there tonight. Oh. All right, folks, it's been a good show. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've down, now we're to the downer part of the show. It's the downer part of the show. Wow. Dan, where were you going to stay? Um, I was staying at the Contemporary. Oh, man. Scott, where are you staying? So we're DVC members. Um, so we're staying at our home resort, Old Key West. So get right. this. So it's it's our daughter's 13th birthday. So we're flying down on the 24th, which is her actual 13th. Going to stay through Halloween for that week. Um, but our friend Mike Rollman from the BR Guest Podcast, I was talking about him earlier before we started recording. Um, you know, we were down there this summer with him and I was talking huh. it up like, hey, we're going to get a two bedroom villa. You should come down with your family. You guys can get the other room. You know, all you got to do is you got the annual pass just get airfare down here and you're, you're set we'll cook in the villa and all that and like he won't be able to make it so now we have like i don't i don't know if you've ever been to like a two-bedroom villa at old key west but not it's a like two-bedroom i've been to a one yeah it's like 13 1400 square feet like and it's just gonna be the three of us <laughs> but you know right. i'm taking the i'm taking the work stuff again so and our daughter's doing virtual schooling so she can like do schooling in one room like i'll do work in the in one of the bedrooms and my wife will just do work like in the main room. So we'll still be productive. Um, right. we'll saves on PTO a little bit and we get to have some fun after work. So that's awesome. And uh, how many nights are you going to be down there for? We'll be down there for eight nights. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Dan, how many nights are you going to be down there for? Two for Thanksgiving, but we can talk about that another time. <laughs> yes. Definitely. I was going to, I was going to be down there for five. Dan, just so that you don't feel bad, I'll, I'll tell you this to make you feel better in November. For my 40th birthday, I was going to be down in Florida. I was going to be doing some work and then uh, people were going to fly down for my birthday. And we were going to be at Universal Studios at Portofino Bay for several nice. nights. And that trip is obvious. It's just not happening this year. Yeah. And uh, so my wife said to me, well, what do you want to do for your 40th birthday? And my response was watch football. <laughs> and now the Giants, <laughs> it's not even really a, a great option. That's, that's fine. <laughs> um, maybe they'll win for you, Scott. May, maybe, maybe. Maybe they'll win for you. Anyhow, guys, uh, now this was great. And um, before we wrap up, let's uh, go to the part of the show. This is the Stuff We Love segment. This is where tonight, Dan, Scott, and I will be telling you about a recommendation of something we are enjoying at the moment. This is the first Stuff We Love segment of season three. And uh, Dan, I'm going to ask you to start it off. Go ahead, my friend. 
Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm really behind the time sometimes. You know, it takes me a while to to get into things that have been around forever. And um, I just started watching the uh, the West Wing, which okay. I've gotten really into. Uh, I know I'm about like what twenty years late, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's okay. Better late than never. So um, yeah, so just started watching that and uh, and really enjoying that. That's awesome, and I. And think- I'm like you. I'm like I'm behind. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think there was an older episode, maybe like in season one of the Stuff We Love podcast, where you like the stuff you love was The Office. I think, and you were like, yeah, said the same thing. Like, hey, I'm way behind. Ironically, at the same time of that episode, I was just getting into The Office too. I'm like, yes, yeah. this is my god, <laughs> like I'm doing the same thing. So, no, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think then the cast of the West Wing is going to be reuniting for one of their episodes on HBO Max in the next week. Thursday or two. night, yeah. Thursday night. Thursday okay. Night. Very yep. cool. Scott, how about you? So um this summer with social distancing and like quarantining and all that, one one thing I got into was golf a little bit more than I've ever done before. Um it was something you could do and keep your distance and you know, it was just nice to get outdoors and stay fresh. So I did a lot of golfing and I was like, like, well, what kind of technology can I get for, for the golf course? So I recently uh, bought a new Garmin watch. I've always wow. been an Apple watch guy, um, but uh, I wanted to switch it up a little bit. So I bought a, a Garmin approach S60. It's like made for golf basically. So, you know, you get to the course, you tell it that you're on the course and it, it recognizes swing motion. And then they'll ask like, what club did you just hit? You know, wow. I'm like, all right, well, I hit my three wood. You, you walk to, or drive up to your ball hit it again and it'll recognize the yardage. So it'll save all your shots throughout the round. You go home, you load up the app and it'll tell you like how far you hit each shot, what your average length is for each club. And it just gives you like all sorts of awesome stats. So if you're a golfer or if you're just, I mean, it's good for more than just golf. I still get like my phone calls on it. I get my text messages. Um, I can do runs and walks, other activities like that. I think it's a super awesome watch. So I'm really, really digging that. That's great. That's technology at its finest right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty remarkable. Um, it is. It is. I, I still kind of miss my Apple watch a little, but, yeah. um, but it's not as like, you know, s- slick and sleek as the Apple watch, but I, I really like the Garmin. I think it's actually more accurate for when it comes to fitness stuff. That's what I've heard actually about Garmin, that they're, they're more accurate than the Apple watches, which is good. Um, for my uh, recommendation, before I mention it, because I, I looked on the podcast app on my phone, I'll give you a plug, Scott, because I see that the new episode of Be Our Guest podcast posted and you're on there. So that's uh, check that out, Scott, on that show. So the podcast I'm mentioning tonight is a Beatles podcast. It's called Everything Fab Four. It just premiered recently and it's hosted by a great author and professor named Ken Womack. He's a prolific author who's written books about George Martin in a two-volume biography. He wrote the Beatles Encyclopedia and many other Beatles-related books, uh, including a brand new one about John Lennon in the year 1980. And what it is, it seems to be a podcast that is devoted to talking to people about their Fab Four experiences, uh, how they became a Beatles fan, what the Beatles mean to them, how the Beatles influenced them. Uh, He had on the first episode, Steve Lukather from Toto, who has been playing with Ringo for a while now. And uh, I listened to that episode. It's really great. Ken Womack is a terrific host and a really nice guy. I actually met him a couple of years ago at the Fest for Beatles fans. I really admire his work. And uh, he's a great interviewer. It's affiliated with Salon. It's a, the, the, uh, the website. It's a Salon podcast. And if you're a Beatles fan, I think you should check it out. That's everything fab four. And awesome. uh, guys, this has been fun. 
Yeah, I, I always like talking with you gentlemen. Um, just music, um, we all love music a lot um, with yeah. this group here every decade, basically. So always fun chatting with you gentlemen. Always great. Before we wrap up, one quick rapid fire question. What is your favorite decade of music, Dan? <laughs> That's really tough. Uh, <laughs> favorite decade of music. I, I, I think um, I think it's pretty close between like the 60s and the 80s. Okay. But probably the 60s more. But, is that because uh, of yeah, Beatles? It, just, the, you, know, the, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, um, the Who, um, so many great groups, the Motown, you know, there's just, yeah. just so much great stuff going on in the 60s. So, Scott, how about you? 60s. Um, 60s. It's a no brainer for me. Um, but I've and I've talked about like, I call it my Bible, Scott, where like I have all the top 100 charts. Right. Um, I have these great billboard books. I have one for the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I really want to get my hands on the 90s ones too. And that's how I can do some of these deep dives I was talking about earlier. Like, um, you know, you can just look at and let's see what song was number 97 on the week of 1965. <laughs> like, it might be some song you never heard of, but right. you search it up on your, your streaming service. You, and you might find a new hidden gem. Um, awesome. And I find those all the time with the 60s for sure. I love that. And and, and uh, like you guys, 60s is my favorite. Um, it's interesting that the three of us were not, none of us were born in the 60s and yet that it's, it's our favorite decade of music, which is pretty remarkable. Um, I'm going to mention real quick where our listeners can find the podcast. We have a brand new website because we switched over to Podbean for our hosting services. It's stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. We're on Instagram, stuffwelovepodcast. Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod. You can write to us, Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. And stay tuned because we're going to have some new artwork coming out for the podcast, which we're really excited about. Some updated work from our original graphic designer. And we'll be uh, releasing some merchandise in the next couple months. Hopefully by the holiday season, we'll have some merch, which will be really great. And uh, stay tuned. We have a lot of awesome content uh, in season three. And I hope Scott and Daniel be a part of the ride for some really great episodes. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me, Scott. Great. Dan, Scott. Thank you so much, Scott. It's a great time, uh, as always. So looking forward to more episodes down the line. Awesome. And uh, once again, I'll just mention that Scott is on the new episode of Be Our Guest podcast. And uh, Scott, where can the listeners uh, find you on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter, because um, I'm a big Disney nut. So it's kind of like a play on words where I'm Ep Scott, uh, kind of like Epcot. So it's at E-P-S-C-O-T. Um, it's the same handle for, for Instagram as well. I, I don't post as much as I'd like. Uh, I do a lot of engaging conversations, but I'm going to try to do some more postings. I'll be down in Disney, as I mentioned, you know, in about 10 days or so. So I'll try to post a whole lot of theme park updates while I'm down there. We look forward to that guys. This has been great. And let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Scott. And I'm Dan. And this has been the stuff we love podcast. <laughs>